Yes, well, you and I may be clones, but we're still individuals. You have a name rather than a number, Captain. Why is that? Perhaps our leaders feel it's a more efficient way of distinguishing us. More efficient than a number? Hmm. I doubt the Kaminoans think that way. Still, the name has to make you feel unique. Especially in an army where everyone looks like you and talks Actually, like you. Actually, I've never really thought about it. Yes, you have. Well, how would you know? Because I am as close to you as any life form can be. I've seen how you look at my family, our home. Come on, Rex, admit it. You've thought about what your life could look like if you would also leave the army and choose a life you want. What if I am choosing the life I want? What if I'm staying in the army because it's meaningful to me? And how is it meaningful? Because I'm part of the most pivotal moment in the history of the Republic. If we fail, then our children and their children could be forced to live under an evil I can't well imagine. If you were to have children, of course, but that would be against the rules, wouldn't it? Isn't that what somebody programmed you to believe, Captain? No, Cut. It's simply what I believe. It doesn't matter if it's my children or other people's children. Does that meet with your approval? Perfectly. To each his own. That's what I always say. What does that mean, Daddy? It means you can do anything with your life that you want to. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Here we go. I have a bad feeling about this. Follow me, boys! You're not shinies anymore. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Clone Wars Strikes Back. This is the podcast where we go back and celebrate the many-year history of the Emmy Award-winning animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars by discussing each and every episode and episode arc. Only we've done that. We've gone through the entire series, which is kind of astounding at this point. I, I, it's kind of amazing to be here at pretty much at the end. But we're not at the end of the show. We're not done with the podcast yet. We've got some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks to get us to the big episode five. Uh-oh, big episode 50. That'll that'll probably be it. Then again, it might not be. So what we'll be doing, what we'll be doing to keep us going for a little while is we're going to be doing some character discussions. We're going to be looking back at some of the uh, most influential characters uh, on Star Wars The Clone Wars and looking at their most important episodes starting this week with Captain Rex. You can't do The Clone Wars without the clones and that's where we're starting. But first, introductions are in order if you are new to the show. My name is Dominic and joining me, as he always does, it's my good friend and co-host, the award-winning Karen Duggan. Good evening, Dominic, or at least evening at my time and all listeners. Uh, welcome to the latest edition of The Clone Wars Strikes Back, which is fantastic that we get to focus now on these particular characters. Last time that we did this, we did a commentary, of course, on Revenge of the Sith. And the characters that we're going to be looking at as a consequence 
are ones that weren't in Revenge of the Sith. So we're going to kind of look at their storylines in the Clone Wars, uh, look at it from a hindsight perspective, and perhaps even look at their character story arc beyond the Clone Wars. Uh, and someone like Rex, I think that, that's, that's very appropriate to really look at his story beyond Revenge of the Sith. But we aren't alone, are we, Dominic? We, no. We're joined here by a very special guest. Yeah, yeah. Joining us once again, he was on the very first episode of The Clone Wars Strikes Back. It's our good buddy from the Irish garrison of the 501st, Mr. Chris Lynn. Chris, welcome back to The Clone Wars Strikes Back. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, raring to go. Excited to talk about uh, Captain Rex or RX-24. The pilot of Starters. Yes, yes, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about uh, voiced, of course, by by Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, and yes. we're just gonna we're gonna go through his entire journey in the Clone Wars, which was just um, really moving. You had to really be looking. Yes, because <laughs> I th- actually I was thinking he was only in Rebels, but okay, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, of course, we are talking about uh, the the clone Captain Rex. Uh, leader of the 501st, Anakin's go-to guy uh, throughout the Clone Wars. And we'll be talking about some of his most important episodes. We'll be focusing on the episodes from Season 1, The Hidden Enemy, from Season 2, The Deserter, from Season 4, Carnage of Krell, and from Season 6, Orders. Uh, so let's get into this. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure how to start this. How, how, Kieran, how do we want to start this discussion about Captain Rex? Okay, so I think what we're going to do then is take in uh, a kind of principle we use at the start of a show when we look back at a story arc. We all, always look at our initial impressions. So let's let's get our mindsets, let's get our hats on from 2008 when we first saw Captain Rex back in the Clone Wars movie. And perhaps at the time we didn't really think his character was going to be as significant or play as a significant part in the Clone Wars as he ended up doing. So let's go to Chris first, obviously, as you're the guest here today. What was your initial impressions of Rex way back in 2008? And how have your opinions of this character changed over time? Well, that's uh, it's a really good question. It's even just fun to think about. I guess when, when we first saw Rex, because Rex was... He was part of the promotional stuff going into the movie. He was one of the, the first wave of action figures as well, uh, if I'm remembering that right. Uh, and I just remember thinking that he was this really cool-looking clone, but at that stage, we didn't really know that clones were as individual as we learned that they were throughout that show. Um, and I remember in the early days, you know, Floyd described Rex as, I might be paraphrasing this very badly, but Rex was always like the, the quintessential clone. He was sort of your all-around, he was your just your generic clone. And I think our opinions of that changed across the show, but I also think Rex himself changed across the show. And I think the the opinion of Rex sort of builds with the character as we'll get more and more into the discussion. Um, but I would agree that initially he didn't strike me as, oh, this is going to be such a, a deep and interesting character. It was more just, oh, this guy looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can Im- I can certainly adhere to that particular sentiment, and I'll, I'll talk about my thoughts in a second, but we're going to go straight to Dominic now. And how, how have your impressions of Rex changed over time? Is he now one of your favorite characters, Dominic, in not just the Clone Wars, but uh, in, Star Wars fan, in Star Wars in general? 
definitely in the Clone Wars, he definitely was has become one of my favorite characters. And and yeah, I kind of have to agree. I didn't think much about him when we first saw him in in the movie. He was just kind of okay. This is going to be the clone who's uh, who's by Anakin's side throughout most of this series. He's. I didn't think he would be anything special. I didn't think we would get such a such an interesting journey with him. But I think that's that's the important thing is he had to start somewhere really kind of unremarkable unremarkable you know they are clones they all look the same and they we were kind of told in the movies they all are the same and i i think to to really appreciate that journey he had to start in a place like that and you know to see where he winds up in rebels where he is really his own he really is his own person he is not you know he's still a clone technically but you, you don't really think of him that way he, he's something He's something else. He's an individual. And I think the series did, took us on a really interesting journey to get us from the Rex that we meet in the Clone Wars movie and we see early in season one to the, to the Rex that uh, shows up in season two of Rebels. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think a point that we're all agreed upon is that Rex's storyline has become probably the most compelling and complex of any clone trooper in the Star Wars saga. Uh, you know, people look back at Commander Cody because he appeared in Revenge of the Sith. But no, his backstory was never really looked at. And I don't think his story was really concentrated on during the Clone Wars TV show. He appeared in episodes now and then, but we never really delved into the, his character the same way that the Clone Wars team delved into Rex's character. And so I think his story has become extremely riveting from the audience's perspective to look at. And, uh, I mean, that's why, obviously, we've chosen him today as our particular case study that we're going to be looking at. So, one of the first episodes that really, at least in my mind, changed the perception or changed my perception of Rex was that season one episode, Hidden Enemy. Now, of course, in a chronological timeline, the Hidden Enemy was, would actually be the second episode in The Clone Wars. Uh, so this is even before the Clone Wars movie. And for those of you who perhaps need to rejig exactly what happened in that episode, who, who are listening to this now, this was the episode where Rex encountered a clone traitor for the very first time, a clone named Slick, um, as he was feeding information to the Separatists about Republic military operations. So I'll go to you, Dominic, first. How do you think... Rex's experience with Slick changed his attitude at the time. Do you think it really had an impact uh, in terms of who he would become in the future? Or do you think this was kind of just opening up the possibility of Rex, uh, perhaps, as, as Chris put it, not uh, changing from being a quintessential clone? Yeah, I think it was definitely just opening up that possibility. I don't think this incident alone had a had as big an impact on Rex as certain other uh, other instances that we'll talk that we'll talk about later but I think what what this really showed was Rex uh, coming or, or learning that not all clones are the same that there is this potential for clones to do other things other than what they were programmed to do what they were ordered to do and I think that's really important that we got to see that that we got to see him sort of first uh, first be aware of this because there is kind of a sense as they're going around and investigating all the troops that, that like they're they're talking to them like look we're all 
we're all brothers, we're all the same, we, we, we know what's going on here, we know what you're going through. And then he kind of has his, uh, you know, he, kind of, he comes to this realization when it's revealed that Slick was the traitor, that he, you know, was selling information about the Republic to the separatists. And he begins to, to have to think, to have to face the fact that, no, the clones can do other uh can, can go off on other adventures they can do other things than just what they are being told by the jedi to do and you know slick makes some interesting interesting points about the way the clones are treated and and that as well maybe begins to open up some uh some awareness uh in rex about how how he's actually being treated what the republic is actually actually like and you can bet that that's something he was thinking about when, uh, if or when, if he was ever serving the Empire. Hmm. That's a very good point, actually. Um, kind of Rex becoming aware of uh, some of the problems that the clones had uh, in their relationship with the Jedi. And so, Chris, one of the lines in this episode that really stood out to me, and I think Dominic alluded to it, was. When Slick and, and Rex were in there having a fight at the end of the episode, uh, fisty cuffs and all, and Slick <laughs> said, yes, she offered me money, but she offered me something more important. And, and she here, he's referring to Ventress, but she offered me something more important, something you wouldn't understand, freedom. And so watching this episode back many a time, no doubt, Chris, what do you make of Slick's comments when he talks about this idea of freedom? I mean, was that at the time something new to you, something that perhaps you didn't really consider the clones would actually think about? This idea of freedom and enslavement by the Jedi? Yeah. Well, that's actually somewhere where I have to be careful not to bring the EU into it. <laughs> because I know, I know. But you know, the Clone Wars did this spectacular job of, of taking us from this, you know, the assumption from the movies that Dominic already said was that the clones were automatons, essentially. You know, they didn't have freedom. They didn't think for themselves. And as we go through the Clone Wars, we see more and more and more of those seeds. And I'm going to say the dirty word again. But um, in the EU, there was that other series of books, the <coughs> Republic Commando books. And they were really all about that subject, about clones having independence and about freedom. So personally, I think it was already in, in my head going into the, these kind of episodes. But I do have to agree that I think this is, for Rex's story, this is the very beginning of, of him starting to think about these things. You know, this is the first story chronologically, and you know, I think that's it's amazing that they bring this, this heavy a subject up so quickly. Um, for us watching it, we already seen the movie, and, and we know Rex a little bit at this stage as the by-the-book, loyal-to-the-end kind of trooper. But this really is the first time he's made aware, the first time we see that he's made aware that not every other clone's maybe thinking the same way, that the Republic system isn't perfect. And we'll discuss this more, I'm sure, as we go through this podcast, but everything, it's all steps. Uh, these are Rex's first steps, but step by step, he gradually becomes more and more aware and gets more freedom and thinks more and more for himself. Uh, and this was that door opening for the first time, I think. Mm. And I think that's the key point or, or, or the key event from this episode is opening that door. I mean, Rex could have gone down a very similar path to Cody because Cody, of course, has experienced the same events as, as Rex has in The Hidden Enemy. 
But Cody doesn't really drift away from that, or at least it doesn't seem like that as we progress through the Clone Wars. Once we see him in Revenge of the Sith, he seems, again, very loyal, very to the book. And perhaps that's as much reflective in the fact that Obi-Wan is his overseer, and that's kind of reflective of Obi-Wan's personality. Mm-hmm. But you know, we don't see Cody experiencing anything like Rex does in the future. So that does go to show, I think, that Rex, that this was the start. This was the opening of a door. But this certainly wasn't the moment that sealed Rex joining, say, the Rebel Alliance. Now, if we move on to the next episode, and I think this this is the big one that a lot of people talk about, The Deserter from Season 2, midpoint in Season 2. And in this episode, we see Rex gets injured um, as they land on Seleucami, uh, as Obi-Wan and, and the clones are, are chasing Grievous. And in that chase, Rex gets injured. And uh, the clone troop is taken to a farm uh, on Seleucami. And the the farmer there, uh, the, I've forgotten the, the, the Twi'lek's name. Sue. Um, Sue? Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Clearly you watch the episode more than I have. It's a really difficult <laughs> name. I can completely understand why you would forget it. So, so Sue uh, took him in, and then Captain Rex encounters Sue and her husband, who the husband who is a clone trooper. And I think it's really this experience that a lot of people talk about. So, Chris, I'll go to you first. What did you make of the storyline of Captain Rex meeting, quote unquote, a deserter, a clone deserter? Well, no, number one, did you like that story? And number two. What significance do you think this had uh, on Rex's future, uh, well, his responses to uh, situations later down the line, like the Krellark? Yeah, well, I'm going to answer that backwards. <laughs> um, I it. think it's really significant. I think, uh, you know, as we were saying before, the, the hidden enemies opening that door, this is the door it's wide open. The, this really, it's, it's a big eye opener for Rex. The fact that he realizes there are alternatives to... Uh, I don't want to too much other stories, alternatives to fighting, whatever else, but there's, <laughs> there's alternatives to, to being in the Grand Army of the Republic. You know, here is someone that, that genetically is identical to him, same background, same upbringing, in air quotes. Um, he's, he's made a choice. And I don't think to this point that Rex probably has really even considered making a choice. You know, it's these are my orders, this is what I do. And here he's seeing someone else that has gone, no, that's not me off i go and even the extreme step and straight extreme for rex's eyes to to have a family i think it's it's a real shock to rex's system and i think it absolutely paves the way for for everything else that happens and <laughs> the reason i wanted to answer that part first was to try and explain that when first watching these episodes i didn't think they were the most exciting or the most engaging episodes um particularly early on in the clone wars you're you're eager for more and more and more war stories and, and filling these gaps between episodes two and three but i think looking back on these episodes in the context of the full series i think they then have a lot of weight and i appreciate them a lot more for what they are yeah i think that's a very good point when we were going through this or watching the Clone Wars initially, we didn't really know where Rex's story was going to go. We still don't know in some instances where his story is going to finish up, but we've got a better idea based on what we've seen in the Clone Wars. So I can completely understand why. And I think within the context of the episode and not Rex's storyline, it was a little bit odd because we were doing an Obi-Wan Grievous sort of standard mission of them fighting each other, and then we had this whole Rex thing going on on the sidelines. 
So, Dominic, we'll go to you now and ask a question about the interaction between Rex and Cutler Quain. And one of the key events in this particular episode involves the dinner scene between Cut and Rex as they talk about the Clone Wars and their respective outlooks on the war itself. So Rex talks about how, for him, the war represents the most pivotal moment in the history of the Republic. And that if the Republic failed to win, then people all across the galaxy will be forced to live under an evil that they couldn't possibly imagine. Whereas Cut talks about this idea of not necessarily being a deserter, but making a choice that he hasn't he has free will to decide what he wants to do. And so with that in mind, Dominic, first of all, what did you make of that? whole scene in which they were interacting and talking about their respective outlooks and do you think at this time rex was perhaps starting to change his perspective on the war i I think rex really does believe what he's saying and he's right i mean he is right you know that when when the war ends you know the empire rises and and that's not good for anybody and the Empire ultimately leads to the First Order, and that's not good for anybody either. So in a way, Rex is right. He obviously doesn't understand the full picture, doesn't understand uh, everything that Palpatine has plotted out and, and planned out for the next uh, several several years uh, of, of, the, of the galaxy and, and, and his rise to power. So he doesn't, he doesn't fully understand things, but he is right. He does, he does uh, have a point there about the Clone Wars being really one of the most pivotal points in galactic history. Um, and what was the second part of the question? It was uh, about about Cut. So yeah, what did you make of, of Cut's outlook mm. on the war then? And, and the fact that he, Rex called him a deserter, but Cut said for him he had a choice to have, have that free will to decide what he wants to do in life. Was that for you a new concept that you that you were introduced to on the Clone Wars? Well, for the clones, I mean, it, it does kind of go back to what we saw with Slick in a weird sort of way. You know, it, it is it, it's essentially the same argument, just uh, executed differently. You know, with with Slick, he was betraying his uh, his brothers. He was betraying the army. He was not. He was actively selling information to Ventress. He wasn't. There, there was nothing noble about what he was doing. With Cut, it's, it's. He's making the same point about wanting to have freedom, wanting to choose if he's going to fight this war. Because really, this war doesn't make sense. It really, really doesn't, and it shouldn't make sense to anybody that 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 is uh, right thinking. It doesn't it, in the galaxy. You know, in the galaxy, it shouldn't make sense. You know, we. Have, as as audience members, we have this understanding of what's really going on and how Palpatine has orchestrated it all. But in the galaxy, the war shouldn't make sense. You know, it's it, it. I'm sure it's been spun all sorts of different ways. But when you really sit down and think about it, what are they really fighting over? And and, and Cut is raising that point, and I think Slick raised that point as well. Uh, uh, you know that they're in this war that they don't understand and it doesn't make sense. And and, and so Cut instead of choosing to betray the other clones he just leaves them and he goes off and he starts this family and he's raising these uh two twi'lek kids off on on Seleucami. so it's 
he's making the same point as Slick. He's just making it in a way that's more accessible to Rex. You know, there's honor in what Cut is doing. Uh, Rex understands that. Rex sees uh, that Cut Laquain is a good man and that he is doing good in the galaxy. And that's why he chooses not to turn him in. And I think that's very important. That's the first time we see Rex actively um, disobey his orders, what he's supposed to do. He doesn't follow the rules in that moment when he chooses not to turn in Cut Laquain. So that I think that's a significant moment for Rex. And I think that shows the impact that Cut had on him. This idea that, you know what, maybe, maybe what we're doing, uh, you know, maybe we should have the choice to do what we're doing. And, and Rex would probably choose to continue the fight because as he said, he, he, he does believe in what he's doing. But with, with, uh, with Cut Laquain, he sees that this is a, a good man who's doing good in other ways in the galaxy. And so I, I think I, 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 I and the other, yeah, that's the other thing, right? Is that Cut, when you compare Cut and Slick, is that Cut is making it an, an accessible argument. He is still doing good. And he, and I think that's, that's the key thing here. And that's what makes this more important than, uh, more, more impactful on Rex than the hidden enemy is that, is that he can he can actually understand why Cut is doing what he's doing, whereas he couldn't understand what Slick was doing. Mm. Well, that's a very good point because clearly Captain Rex at this point is still of the mindset that the separatists are evil, and that in order to kind of stop the the evil separatists, you don't work with them, of course, um, which is exactly what Slick did. And so you've got yeah. Slick on one one side of the spectrum and Cut on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. But as you say, Dominic, they are on the same spectrum in terms <laughs> of they have, in a way, um, deserted themselves from their duty. They, they haven't done what they were, in a way, indoctrinated to do. Uh-huh. And so in that sense, and they are both deserters. But Chris, I'm going to go to you now and make another point on this particular episode. At the end... Captain Rex says to Cut, you're still a deserter, but you're certainly not a coward. So it, it kind of shows that Rex's perspective has changed, which is something that Dominic kind of implied as well. Were you surprised that Rex didn't desert the Grand Army of the Republic? Or do you think, because obviously we haven't seen the end of the Clone Wars involving Rex, do you think that Rex did desert the Republic? Uh, yep, I, th- I think he did. Um that wouldn't. That wasn't something that was on my mind watching these episodes. I think um, as we got towards the end of the Clone Wars, even during season five, before we knew that that was the last season, I felt like we started to see that coming. And looking back on this episode, that was evidence for that being possible. Um, what I took from the end of this episode was, you know, going into these episodes, Rex would have reported him as a deserter. Had, would have had the Star Wars equivalent of the military police come in and, and lift Cut for being a deserter. But Rex clearly learns a lesson throughout this episode, or at least his perspective, as you say, definitely changes. Um, and that's shown by the end of this episode when he doesn't report him, when he doesn't turn him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is the first time, like I said, this is the first time that we see Rex not follow the rules. We, act, we see yeah. him actively choose no, I'm not going to report cut. And he does it in kind of a cute, funny way. But it, 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 is, it is really, really significant that he doesn't turn this guy in. Mm, absolutely. And I think with the deserter, I, it almost re- was reflected with the, with the tone of the episode. And I almost felt 
the lighting and, and and at the ends of the episode you know rex kind of trudges away in the sunset and it's all quite happy it's all you know quite positive you know rex has made the right moral decision there even if it's against the protocol that he was instructed to follow he's done the right thing on a moral basis but the lines become a lot more blurred in the next arc that we're going to talk about which is umbara and so we're not necessarily going to focus on the entire arc itself but we're going to focus on one of those particular episodes which is kind of the culmination of the entire arc the carnage of krell so this is the final episode in that four-part arc the clone arc on the planet of umbara and i picked out a number of key episodes uh within this one episode but uh, of course if, if if you dominic or chris have any other points to raise and feel free to raise them at any point um but the first one i wanted to talk about was at the beginning with the proposed execution of fives and jesse in the end they don't get executed but at the beginning it seemed like there was no way that jesse and fives were gonna were gonna leave a borrower alive so i will go to you first dominic and what did you make of that very small moment there rex was instructed by general krell who was a jedi master He's the Jedi General. You have to obey what he says. And he has ordered, General Krell has ordered, the execution of Fives and Jesse. Rex goes along with it. But clearly, Rex doesn't want to go along with it, does he, Dominic? No, yeah. It's it's really... it. It's in, Rex's role in this arc is really interesting because you never really know what he's going to do. You want him to do the right thing. You want him to uh, turn on Krell, which he eventually does. But it takes three and a half episodes for that to happen and it's really not until that that battle where they're shooting at the other clone uh clone battalion where he kind of snaps out of it and realizes that something has to be done because i don't know maybe he just trusted in his brothers that they wouldn't shoot uh fives and jesse but he doesn't do anything to stop this execution it's only when uh, when the when all of the troopers shoot and miss, that he actually that he you know has um, dogma has dogma locked up in the brig. You know he doesn't actually doesn't actually do anything to stop it. He was going to let this uh, let this continue to happen. He had been backing up Krell throughout the entire arc. You know he would stand up to Krell, but not really. You know they would always wind up doing what Krell wanted to do, and his um, acts of rebellion were just kind of you know, not turning in somebody. He wasn't actively going against Krell the way Fives and Jesse and Hardcase were in the, in the previous episode. So it's, you know, that moment where he, he, uh, he, he doesn't, uh, he, you know, where, where the clones are shot at, but they don't, uh, you know, all, every, all the troops miss intentionally, which is a great moment, a, a really a, a standout moment from, from the episode and the, and the series. Um, I, I, I wonder about Rex in that moment, and maybe that was the moment where he kind of, clicked over to okay something has to be done about Krell we have to do something we really we can't allow this to happen because he is kind of uh, you know he, we, we do know from the previous episodes that we've talked about that he does have this awareness that there is something else that there's more to there can be more to life than than choosing to fight and, and kill and and, and he, he knows that he if he wants to he can uh, he can make the choice, but I think he's in a weird sort of way. He's kind of stuck between 
uh, cut and slick. You know, like he, he, he when he's trying to make these decisions, he knows that he can do the right thing, like cut Lequain. But what if he's doing the wrong thing? What if, you know, General Krell is actually a military genius? What if he is actually trying to do the best sort of thing? And then he winds up being slick. He winds up being the clone who who turned against Krell. So I, I think that Rex throughout this arc, I don't think he's struggling with um, disobeying orders in, on a, like a programming level. I think he's disobeying orders on more of a, he, he's still not 100% sure what the right thing is to do in that particular situation. Mm. And throughout this entire arc, there has been a buildup of Krell pushing the clones uh, further than they've ever been before uh, in, in terms of their experience of working under a Jedi. And that's saying something because the, the 501st have worked under Anakin Skywalker. But one of the main differences throughout this arc was that Anakin would be with the clones on the front lines if they did what, quote-unquote, you could argue is a bold strategy, whereas Krell would be staying at the back and letting them all get massacred and then claiming victory at the end when, when things went well and, and if things didn't go well, blaming it all on the clones. Um, so this was kind of a humanitarian, you know, again, moral struggle, really, in terms of what's right and what was wrong. And so, Chris, a point that Dominic touched upon was Rex's reaction to the execution and what was your interpretation of rex in that moment because as dominic rightly pointed out rex doesn't actually stop the execution it's the clone troopers who are shooting or are supposed to shoot fives and jesse to decide their own fate really yeah well i see it a little bit differently to dominic and i think that i agree in a large part as well but for me at this stage you know rex has been through all the experience that we've discussed so far and he he, he's awake to these other possibilities but Rex still for the most part is is following orders and in these episodes we see him initially you know he doesn't like the orders that he has to follow but he still follows them and I think here particularly with the execution he's not at this stage yet but I think this is a big turning point for Rex to see that um, when Rex doesn't like the order that might well mean because the order is wrong uh, as the rest of this episode then goes to prove. This is Rex realizing that, you know, if this if the order feels wrong, he doesn't agree with the order. Well, he might well be right, and and I do agree that Rex in himself probably still has a lot of doubt. Am I right to to not like these orders? Is the other actions I have in my own head are they the right ones to take? But I think he learns from this entire story arc that well, yes, they are. Um, as for want of a better term, Krell screws them over. <laughs> yeah. And, and but oh, go ahead. No, oh, well, you carry on. You carry on, Chris. Well, I was just wanted to finish that by saying that at, at the point of the execution, I don't think Rex has quite had enough of the epiphany to to do anything about it. I think if the execution happened ten minutes after the end of these episodes, Rex would have done something. I really think the rest of this episode is a big turning point and probably getting ahead of you a little bit. But as we get into the, the clones firing upon clones, I think anything after that, Rex will make up his own mind. Yeah, and that's exactly the moment we're going to come on to right now. And so uh, I'm actually going to go back straight to you, Chris, as, as you <laughs> did allude to it there. And uh, to me, this represents probably 
one of the, if not the darkest moment of the series, the moment that the, the clones end up firing on each other, particularly the circumstances surrounding it, when it's Krell who's orchestrated all of this, and you know, it's a legit it seems legitimate that the Umbarans, who, who the clones have been fighting this whole time, have picked up clone army, wearing it, or wearing it now, and they're gonna use it as a disguise to shoot the clones. So, you know, it seems like, oh, great, this is great intelligence here because uh, we don't want to be sh shot at by Baron's dressed up in us, but it's actually clones. And so in that moment, in that dark moment, we really see Rex shine to the forefront, really, don't we, Chris? Because he is the one that stops it all. And I think, as you rightly said, that seems to be the moment where his struggle ends and he knows what he needs to do next. Yeah, well... It's a really layered moment in Rex. You know, there, there's the, the top level of it where you sort of see this is the lesson for Rex that the Jedi aren't infallible. You know, the Jedi are not all-knowing gods that always have the right answer. In fact, worse, a Jedi's actually out to cause them harm and cause them trouble. But then, and yes, as, as we've been saying, bringing in all the history that Rex has at this stage in season four of the Clone Wars, you know, this is a tipping point. You know, you, you take all the experience that Rex has had so far and hit him with this, and I feel a different person was out the far side. Um, it's a fantastic scene, and it's it's funny to, to stand here and be sort of clinical and analytical of it, when really it's just such an emotional thing, and I'm trying not to picture Rex running through the crowd, waving his hands, trying to not to picture, <clears throat> I'm going to butcher this, Waxer, maybe Boyle? Um, it was Waxer. Single tear as he died. Yeah. It was Waxer. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor Waxer. Mm -hmm. So someone yeah. else has to talk. <laughs> Dominic, go ahead. What, what did you make of that scene? You also touched upon this as well, as uh, as Chris alluded to. Certainly, it it generated a very visceral reaction. I would say. Oh yeah, I mean Rex taking off his helmet and running through, like Chris said. I mean that that's just that that really is uh, amazing, and and I, and ab absolutely, it's it's hugely impactful on Rex, and you know, it, it's something that. I wonder, we never, you know, the show never explicitly shows us how that effect, affects Rex. And, and, you know, Chris is saying, you know, one person walks in the, uh, you know, it, it, he's a different man coming out the other side. And, you know, you have to wonder, you know, we didn't see how Rex ended, uh, ended his story with, uh, with the Clone Wars. But uh, as, we'll, as we'll talk about with, with Order 66, um, we're led to believe he didn't follow through on it he didn't you know he removed his chip beforehand i think this was sort of a moment where he, he became aware not only that the that the the clones are in uh that, that the jedi are not infallible that they can um lead them down the the wrong path but i think there's there's something about having to to kill somebody who he had fought with who he had um you know who, who you know he killing his brothers but i think uh, killing his brothers you know that that's something that you know, he, he realized that's something he can't do. And I think that, for Rex at least, extends to Jedi, who he, who he has fought with, specifically Anakin. Now, there's a certain irony in, in, in it being Anakin, because Anakin is the one Jedi who doesn't have the clones turn on him. He's the one Jedi who has spared Order 66, because, you know, he's actually leading Order 66, and he's killing all the other Jedi. So there, there's a certain, uh, certain irony there. But I, I think, you know, Rex, this experience was... Uh, Enough for where uh, Rex would not want to have to do anything like that ever again. And I think it, it made him really question and, and contemplate what is his future. And there is that scene at the end of 
the episode where he's talking with fives and the other clones and you know the the line is some days this war this war is going to end and then the question is raised what will happen to us then and 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 they don't really they don't really know and so you you do kind of get this sense that now rex is thinking about the this uh he is kind of having this crisis of faith or this existential crisis of who am I? What am I supposed to do? Am I fighting in this just war? Is this, does he still believe all of the stuff that he told cut Laquane in season two? And, and when these episodes first aired back in 2011, I want to say, or 2000, early 2012, sometime around then, I, I remember thinking what these episodes really needed was, um, was an appearance by Anakin at the end, something to reassure Rex. But looking back on them now, I almost think it's better that we didn't get that, that we didn't get that moment where Rex thinks, kind of goes, oh, well, you know, the Republic isn't that bad. The Republic, you know, there is still good. He doesn't get that. <laughs> he doesn't get that, that reassurance from Anakin the way that Ahsoka did in an episode like Brain, Brain Invaders. Where, and I think it, it's actually a, it was actually a smart choice to keep Anakin out of this and, and to just kind of leave it with, uh, with Rex contemplating this stuff. And to not have that reassurance, and, and so that he he's once he starts to hear things like, "Oh, you've got this these chips in your head," uh, may, maybe he's a little bit more open to to learning about this because he knows that his commanders are not infallible, as you as you rightly pointed out. Mm, absolutely, and Corel certainly fits into that particular category. Mm-hmm. And you talked about that idea, Dominic, of, of Rex contemplating. Um, what what future course his journey should progress to you know what, what does he want to do in the future should he stay with the republic or should he abandon them those are the questions that he has to consider and chris i'm going to go to you now because the key moment at the very end of this episode of carnage of krell is the moment when rex says he's going to execute krell and um he you know he he he, he allows Krell to, uh, well, he, Krell gets captured and Rex has the opportunity there to execute Krell there and then, but he doesn't choose to. What do you think that tells us about Rex's morality at the very least, even if he is contemplating whether, you know, well, clearly he recognizes that what Krell has done is wrong and is probably justifiably right to kill Krell but it isn't Rex that does the deed. Well, it's just my interpretation of it, I guess, but I think Rex is fully prepared to execute Krell. But I think it's... It, it's not calculated like in a cold, murderous kind of way, but he he is conscious. You know, he, he's lucid in the moment. He is still balancing all these moral questions. Yes, he's been through these experiences, and, and I do believe it's a different man on the other side of, of the experience going through these episodes. But he still knows that it's against orders to, sh- to shoot this Jedi. He knows it's a big deal. And it it's a testament to Rex's character. You know, Rex goes through all this stuff, but the same... <sighs> loyal is probably the best word, but the, the loyal, strong soldier prevails, whereas someone like Dogma is taken over by anger in the moment uh, and ends up stealing the kill, as it were. Uh, he, he's the one that executes Krell. I think Rex would have done it. Um, but I think he would have done it much without, without the same emotion that Dogma was experiencing, which is why Dogma then beats him to it. That's a good point. Um, Dominic, if you look at uh, the arc immediately after this, the, the Slaver's arc, 
And I remember a scene in, in at the end of that arc when Rex actually kills the the gatekeeper in that arc who was holding all of those uh, Twi'lek slaves, and he says the line Rex here, "I'm not a Jedi," because mm. because uh, because Obi Wan <laughs> couldn't couldn't bring himself to kill him. So does that show that Rex probably was prepared to do the deed? He just you know Dogma didn't give him the opportunity. But on the other hand, what a, Rex was shaking so much. Do you think he would have, quote unquote, lacking a better term, he would have bottled it almost. He he wouldn't have actually gone through with the action of executing Krell. I don't know. I I I I really don't. I don't have an answer. I I, I don't know if Rex could have killed Krell. I I I wonder. You know, he, he might have just put his blaster back in its holster and said, "We'll wait for General Skywalker to get here." I could could easily see see that um, playing out. Uh, by that same token, I, I also could see him putting the the bolt, uh, putting the blaster bolt in through Krell through Krell's back. You know, I, I I'm torn on whether I, I think Rex could actually do that. I, I you know we know that the clone the clones can kill Jedi, and as Order sixty six makes uh, perfectly clear. But at this point, Rex is still. You know, I, I think Rex is still trying to do the right thing, and I don't know if he knows what the right thing is to do in this situation. Is it right to execute Krell, or should he take him back and and have him stand trial? You, you know, it's kind of the debate that Anakin and, and Mace Windu have in uh, in Revenge of the Sith, and you know that it, it, again from our from our perspective as the audience, we know that taking Krell back to Palpatine and having him stand trial, you know, Palpatine controls the courts, uh, is probably not a good thing because, you know, he might've wound up being the grand inquisitor for all we know. Uh, you know, it, it, it was probably, um, looking at, looking at it from our privileged perspective. That, that's what I was looking for as the audience. Um, then yeah, it was probably the right decision to, to end him there. But if you're in that universe and you have to make the, the the decision, you know, Dogma goes to jail. Dogma has to to, to wind up in, in jail. He, he can't, uh, you know, something Dave Filoni talks, talked about after these episodes that, you know, even though Dogma probably did the right thing, he still broke the law. He still, um, he still has to be court-martialed. He still can't. He can't just continue to fight in the army because of, because of what he's done. And so again, I think this comes down to the the slick cut debate, and and Rex has to decide if he is doing the right thing, if he is actually, um, you know, if if ending Krell is actually the right thing to do, or if he's slipping into that more of that that cut Laquane where he um, cut Laquane position, where or not cut Laquane, a slick position where he's uh, betraying the Republic and he's doing the wrong thing. Because as we've talked about, you know, Rex does believe in the cause. And and I think he still does believe in the cause. He just has a lot more questions about it after all of this has gone through, uh, after all of the, all of what he's gone through with this. And, and so he's. I think he's he's kind of got that debate of what is the right thing to do. And and all this to say, I don't know if, if Rex could have actually pulled the trigger, um, or if Dogma hadn't stepped in and made that decision for him. That's a very good point, actually. Now we we kind of analyzed this and discussed. The, the story of Rex leading up to the Embarak. Never really thought whether in Rex's mindset he sat back and realized that this could be like Slick. Well, I, 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 I want to say, I, I want to say, I don't think he was necessarily thinking about Slick. 
uh, no, consciously. I, I, it might have been more of a subconscious thing, and, and I'm more using slick as like an example of, as as a as a means to 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 put a label on what Rex is thinking. I don't necessarily think he's sitting there going, "Oh, this kind of reminds me of the, the time with Slick." <laughs> I think he's more he's more thinking about some of the ideas that Slick uh, came to represent uh rather yeah. than the man himself. Yeah, no. Exactly. It's, it's the point there is how Rex would be perceived by others around him i.e. the Jedi generals or other clone troopers who haven't been through the experiences that Rex has been through. They may look at Rex killing Krell as an example of another clone traitor like Slick. I think that's part of the issue. And that, that's exactly something that could have been going through his mind. Again, I agree with you. It's not necessarily like Rex is there thinking, oh, I wonder what Slick would be doing if he was still alive now. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's necessarily well, what was going and- on. But what's interesting is that at the end of this, Dogma is arrested for killing Krell. Now we don't know exactly what would have happened had Rex executed Krell, whether he would have followed a similar fate. But it, 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 you know, if that's what happened to Dogma, then why couldn't it happen to Rex? So it's interesting that after the whole ordeal, Rex kind of slots back in to the Grand Republic. It, it's almost it's a bit strange. I think that's perhaps in part the way the Clone Wars works, but it does actually work in the story of Rex because these are minor episodes which have had a massive impact on his character but not to the extent where his course, his his whole journey changes. He still is loyal to Anakin. You know, what happened with Krell, it was a rogue Jedi but it doesn't mean that the Republic is lost or that the Republic is evil. It's not like there's some conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless... You uh, encounter someone called Fives in the uh, old Order 66 arc, which we will move on to right now. And we will look at the final episode in that arc, Orders. And so in this whole arc, um, Fives has been dealing with a chip in his mind. Um, well, not just his mind, but uh, his, his fellow clone Tup's mind, because... Tup's chick. And, and I just want to actually, I just want to cut you off really quickly there, Karen, because this reminds me of something that I didn't notice until I was rewatching Carnage of Corell, uh to prepare for this, is that Tup is the one who comes up with the plan to catch Krell. And then Tup is the one who, who murders Master uh, Tipley because of his Order 66 check. I, 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 I don't know if that was intentional or not. I don't know if that was foreshadowing or not, but uh, it, it worked out beautifully. So well played. Well played, Dave Filoni and, and Clone Wars crew. That was... <laughs> that worked out. That's, that's a nice little, uh, nice little connection between these two arcs. Oh, that's a very good sign. Yeah. This time. was also uh, Top's introduction to the show, wasn't it? Was, was the Krell arc? I think he so, He was the yeah. new trooper at the start. So that would make sense as deliberate foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so after seeing Tup in, in the Krell arc and now learning that little bit of information, which was quite fascinating, actually, uh, I didn't actually remember that Tup was the one who uh, conceived the idea of catching Krell. But he, he ends up be playing a pivotal role in the death of another Jedi. Uh, this time he directly is involved because he executes uh, Master Tipley because uh, his chip has deactivated. And oh, sorry, he kills he kills Master Tiplar. Sorry, <laughs> Tiplar. Tiplar, yeah, not Tiplay. Their names oh, are too similar. Go. They they're sisters. It's it's, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they 
do they both end up dying? Yeah, like, yeah. I think actually she does in the, uh, in the comic series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Master Tiplar, you know, I almost feel like Dominique should probably take over this section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think I've just about managed and try and get people's names right. But anyway, Tup ends up executing Master Tiplar. His chip deactivates, and then we get embroiled in this whole conspiracy with the Kamino or certain Kaminoans working with Count Dooku, um, who are trying to cover up this. And they obviously, the, the Sith, want to try and resolve this problem under the noses of the Jedi. Uh, they don't want the Jedi to find out that there are chips implanted in these clone troopers. They've been genetically modified to kill Jedi at, uh, after hearing a certain phrase, or which would be Order 66. Um, so first of all, I'll go over to you, Chris, if we haven't heard from you in a little while. What did you make of this whole concept, first of all, of these implanted chips in clone troopers? I expect there was this element of speculation that that was why the clones turned on their Jedi generals and revenge of the Sith. But do you think this was an important moment to kind of cement in your mind that this is what happened? And uh, what was your response to this particular storyline? Well, first of all, I'm going to say that Tipley and Tiplar both deserve to die for those horrific close to Northern Irish accents that they had. <laughs> Right out of the episode, absolute nonsense, <laughs> horrible. Um, <laughs> I had to get that in there. <laughs> take, take that up, take that up with Anna Graves, uh, voice yeah. actor. Yeah, wonderful actress, wonderful. But uh, um, for me, you know, before the Clone Wars, I took it as Order sixty six activated some some programming mm. of brainwashing within the clones, and I think. By the time we get to season six of the Clone Wars, we've seen enough individuality for, for in, within the clones that that wouldn't work anymore. You know, they're too independent for simple brainwashing, and it had to be something like a chip that takes over their brain to really just make the that whole idea of Order sixty six seem seem plausible. And I'm still going back through the, these episodes, uh, the Order sixty six episodes, and just thinking. I feel that we never actually get the truth about what the chip does. There's, there's so much discussion from the Kaminoans uh, towards the Jedi, towards the Republic. That's it's the lie. We hear the cover up so much, mm-hmm. and I think that personal opinion is that the chip actually causes Order sixty six as opposed to inhibits anything. I don't think it inhibits. Well, it inhibits their individuality. I'm sure, uh, but it it makes them carry out Order sixty six. Um, but but coming back to the question, um, we we need it as an audience. You know, how can somebody like, well, not Captain Rex because we know he doesn't go through it, but you know your your oddballs, your your tops, your your uh, your Commander hard cases, Cody. your echoes, Commander Cody, of course. Yeah, <laughs> perfect example. Sorry, I don't know what I'm going on about. Um, <laughs> but having that there gives us something that believable that they would carry out an act like Order sixty six. I think that answered the question. I'm still angry about the accents. <laughs> I feel like that almost dominated your tone of uh, response to that question, Chris. Um, to move away from uh, Masters, Tiplar, Tipley, and everything uh, related to Northern Irish accents, uh, we're going to go to uh, to D- Dominic now. And let's talk about that final scene in Orders. So the conspiracy has been revealed to 
to fives by the Chancellor himself. Well, at least that's what's implied in the episode of the fact that the Chancellor orchestrated the whole war, etc., etc. You know, watch Revenge of the Sith if you don't know, guys. Um, and, and listen to but, our commentary while you do so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, self-publicity, why not? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the episode, Rex faces fives in, uh, you know, from... From someone who hasn't gone through this entire arc with fives, you know, fives at this part, fives at this time, to most people would look insane. Mm -hmm. um, what he's talking about, you know, conspiracies. Um, I mean, without going too much into in terms of real world terms, but when people talk about conspiracies involving the end of the world, uh, not many people necessarily <laughs> take them seriously. I don't think people are the kind of packing their bags ready to go. So in that instance. Do you actually believe Rex listened to Fives and Four? He's got a point here. Um, I mean, of course, perhaps you can cheat and say, well, look what happened in Rebels. But you know, what, what about that whole experience with Fives there when he, uh, Rex and Anakin were uh, caught in that hologram and they were listening to Fives talk about the fact they have chips in their minds, these inhibitor chips, and that the chance to orchestrate the war? Well, first, you know, a different reaction to Anakin, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, first off, uh, look what happens in Rebels. No. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's really important. I think what's, what's really significant about these episodes um, is that it is fives that this happens to. This is somebody who not only Rex, but we as the audience have followed from his, his time as a clone cadet. As, you know, he was we saw him training we saw him become a clone we saw him become an arc trooper we saw him slowly lose all the members of his crew you know when he when he died uh you know the 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 best way to put it was he was the last domino to fall of course then we learned that echo was still alive and that was you know whatever um but you know it was it was consequences the fact that fives was this character he he this you know something that you don't always get on television is is consequences and we got that in this that you know he he had got we had watched this journey and then he had to die because he learned this information because he was put in this situation and the fact that he went through so much with rex specifically the krell stuff and so and and throughout the entire krell arc the Embara arc fives is saying to rex look something's not right here this is not how this is supposed to be and he was right fives was right and so the fact that he's saying to rex look things are not right here we have these inhibitor chips you need to you need to look into this more uh, that's something that even though he seems crazy and he even says i'm not crazy which you know if you're ever trying to convince somebody of something don't start with i'm not crazy that really doesn't doesn't help your position uh but he's you know he's saying to rex look let, let, this is what's this is what's going on and rex because of everything that they have been through together might be a little bit more inclined to believe him whereas of course anakin you know anakin as soon as you start saying anything negative about the chancellor anakin's not having any of it which is uh, unfortunate because anakin might have been one of the few jedi who would have believed something if he did believe something like this if he didn't have that relationship with Palpatine. So it, it, it is kind of an unfortunate situation there. And you do see the impact of, of Palpatine on Anakin, Anakin, but you also see the, the impact of Rex's experiences on, uh, on Rex and, and the way that he, uh, the way that he's willing to listen to fives. And we know from rebels that he does have his chip removed. And so there is, uh, there is a big 
chunk of his story missing about how did he figure that out? How did, what, when did he figure that out and and what caused him to look into this? What caused him to take out the chip? How did he take out the chip? Uh, You know, who was the droid that that was in this arc with five az5 i think his name was maybe maybe az5 maybe az5 ran away from camino and started like an underground chip removing a clone chip removing thing on on coruscant or or something you know like there's there is like uh, you know there's there's a story missing there there's that that's the big chunk that's missing from rex's story and it's kind of interesting that we know you know where rex winds up in, in rebels you know following the rise of the empire in order 66. And we have this like long winding path of, of Rex from the, you know, the ultimate clone, the quintessential trooper along this wide winding path from slick to, to cut Laquane to, to Pong Krell to this and everything in between. Um, then there's just the, every, what's missing is the moment where Rex actually removes the chip and, and makes the decision that he's not going to, follow through on order 66 he's not going to kill his friends and you know rex isn't there when anakin marches with the 501st on the jedi temple so something happens between this moment of fives telling him look this is what's going on seeming a little bit crazy but this is what's going on and rex and 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 order 66 being called and rex being off fishing 10 years later with with wolf and and Gregor, something is missing there, and and that's that that's the big piece that's missing from Rex, Rex's story. And that hopefully, hopefully, one day they they tell. And and you know, as much as I love Ahsoka, I'd almost be more interested in in a story of of what happens to Rex between this and Order sixty six than I am a, a story of Ahsoka post Order sixty six. Not to say I'm not excited for that that novel that's coming that that Ahsoka book that's coming out when later this year or early next year. Um, I think that's going to be great. I, I, but I, that, I think what's really the, the big missing piece from the Clone Wars is Captain Rex and, and what actually pushes him to uh, step away and not commit Order 66 the way that pretty much every other clone does. Mm, absolutely. And Rex's storyline in terms of the bridging the gap between rebels and the clone wars it remains so mysterious there's so much ambiguity surrounding it which means that there's room for a novel out there Lucasfilm <laughs> and disney which we hope we will get um so we kind of come to the end of the case studies but i've got a, at least two more questions to ask and then if anybody else has any other questions throw them in but uh, i'm gonna ask this question to to you chris we talked about the experiences that rex has faced in these episodes but one of the things that we haven't really talked about has been uh, a thread throughout Rex's storyline, and that's his relationship with Anakin. Mm-hmm. And as Dominic, you rightly pointed out, we never really had those moments between Rex and Anakin where they talked one-to-one. I think the closest we ever really got to that was at the beginning of the Umbara arc, um, the, sorry, the beginning of the Umbara arc when Anakin was about to go, um, and they were talking about tactics and, and the relationship between him and the troops. But Chris, what did you make of uh, the relationship between Rex and Anakin? And do you think that played more of a significant role on determining Rex's future than the events that we talked about in these episodes? Uh, I wouldn't say it played... It's hard to say that it plays more of a role. I, I think it's it's key to how Rex interprets all of these events. You know, we talked about this a little bit at the start, about the difference between 
Cody and Rex and the clones do sort of take after their their Jedi generals after their leaders. I think between Rex and, and Anakin, you have this. There's a mutual respect that's there, but it's also a professional respect. You know, Rex is not Ahsoka. Rex probably wouldn't appreciate a, a heart to heart with with Anakin and a a little uh, debrief on how you're feeling about all this. That's not Rex. Um, but that doesn't mean that the relationship isn't strong at the same time. You know, the, I think that there's definitely a trust uh, and a reliance between Anakin and Rex. But it's, I see it as one of those ones that it goes without saying, in a way. You know, they don't need to tell each other how much they love them, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely Anakin play, has a big influence on Rex in the way he turns out compared to other clones. Um, and a large part of the difference between someone like Rex and Cody is the difference between Anakin and Obi-Wan. So these events and these experiences that, that Rex has had are through the filter of a clone under the influence of Anakin Skywalker, and you can't have one without the other. Mm, they do seem entwined, Anakin and Rex, in, in that particular way, as certainly the way the storylines progress, you could argue that's correct, because Anakin, in a way, goes on a path that's unique within the Jedi Order, the same way that Rex goes on a path that's unique within the Grand Army of the Republic, uh, when you're looking at it from an outside perspective. Of course, their paths also go different ways, Anakin and Rex. Rex goes to the Rebels, and Anakin obviously becomes the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's you know, something... Choose, choose which one's right there, yeah. but... <laughs> that's, that's something Sorry, that's... jump in, Dominic. Yeah, that, that's something that's really interesting, right, is, is Anakin's influence on people. And it's, I remember thinking about this at the beginning of season two of Rebels, that we were bringing in Rex and Ahsoka, two people who were hugely influenced by Anakin, uh, who were going to fight against him. And, and you see that, in a way, the legacy of Anakin Skywalker uh, at this point is, one of, is, a, is a great one. Anakin Skywalker is remembered as a war hero, as, as somebody who, who impacted all of these, these, these soldiers around him who are, going to do, who are going to do great things, who are going to overthrow the Empire. Oh, what's that? Anakin is actually leading the Empire? <laughs> like it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to think that you know, his, his impact on, on these people who are trying to do good when he, is, he ultimately becomes uh, the face of evil which I think is, is just, just fascinating. And, and yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Chris had a great point there that, you know, Anakin and Rex, we, we don't ever really get those one-on-one scenes with them. We don't ever get to see them uh, have those conversations the way that we do with Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, but what we do get is a, is a, really, great, um, is a really great feeling of, uh, of, of that 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 Rex just being around Anakin that he is able to soak up all of these these different ideas and Anakin makes him open to these other ideas you know I don't think I don't think a clone under Obi-Wan or a clone under Luminara Karen uh would have uh let <laughs> don't bring her up yeah <laughs> would have let uh would have let Cut Laquain go I think they might have been more likely to bring him in Obi-Wan's a little bit Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's kind of, uh, maybe not sure, but you know, Luminara, Mace, uh, Kiadi Mundi, they, they probably would have wanted this guy brought in and tried, but, uh, but because Rex was around Anakin so much, he went, he, he was willing to make that judgment decision of, okay, he's not, he's not doing any harm. 
he's he, and you know what he's got this great life here who am i to take that away from him so I, it is kind of a it's, it's an interesting relationship because we don't get those moments but it is kind of just this long process of just seeing them the, seeing them together every week and you know i, I mentioned sort of the roadmap of rex and and you know that we have those like those points like slick and cut and crowl and and all this, but uh, all of the all of the space in between those specific landmarks is Anakin and Rex, Re- Rex and Ahsoka, Rex and Rex and Anakin. You know, it's these missions that they're going on that are constantly changing his perspective and evolving him as a person, so that when he hits these these big moments that we've been talking about, uh, he's he's able to change and he's open to change and and then and. and that I think is the most important aspect of, of Rex and Anakin. That relationship between Rex and Anakin is extremely comparable in, in a different sort of sense to the, the way the clone, the way the relationship works between the clones and the Jedi, that they almost seem to be uh, a mirror image of the Jedi master that the clone commander that is, which I think in a way makes sense because mm-hmm. these are genetically modified creatures. It's not yeah. as if they're, Growing up in the same circumstances as a Jedi or a, you know somebody who was born as a baby would, because they were fast tracked in. Uh, all they've known is what life is like on Camino. So in a way, they're still learning. They're in a learning mindset, um, and so they'll learn from their Jedi masters as, as mentors as much as uh, commanders. But the final, okay, penultimate question I'm going to ask, <laughs> but I think it kind of links into what my final question is going to be about. Um, it's starting to bridge the gap a little bit here between the Clone Wars and Rebels. But another character who I think has an impact on Rex in quite a big way is also Ahsoka. And maybe not as explicitly uh, as Anakin does, but I can remember one moment in particular which really stood out to me. And I, I want to kind of get your opinion to this and kind of th- think about what this says about the relationship between Rex and Ahsoka. In the Ahsoka arc, when uh, Ahsoka's on the run from uh, from the clones and Anakin in, in the prison, and and the first time you see casualties of clones, and it's been indicted on Ahsoka, Rex says a small line, but he says, "I know Ahsoka well; she wouldn't do this." And in a way, I think that kind of epitomizes they did have a, a kind of bond, a, co- a sort of close connection uh, over the course of the Clone Wars. So. Chris, I'll go to you now. What did you make of the relationship between uh, Ahsoka and Rex? And again, linking on a bit to Rebels and what we've seen there. Um, how do you think that's evolved since the Clone Wars movie in particular? Yeah, well, uh, what you have to remember with the clones is they have that accelerated growth. And this is their first journey out into the galaxy, much like Ahsoka being the youngling in Naya Padawan, being her first journey out into the galaxy. And they're actually a very similar age. And I would see the relationship between them almost like siblings, maybe even like classmates. You know, they've gone mm-hmm. out and they've experienced the galaxy together. So I think that's a large part of where that bond's coming from, through that sort of shared experience, through learning together. Um, and you can see, you know, from the start, Rex thinks he can talk down to Ahsoka. Ahsoka thinks she can talk down to Rex. And then you come sort of full circle to the end there. Um where he is saying he knows Ahsoka and she wouldn't do something like that. And that respect is really just built up uh, for each other by this stage. And jumping on into Rebels, you can see that, that that's obviously that bond is carried on. Um, and then 
Dominic, I have to just call you out for, for being a monster for not appreciating uh, Rex's sad, sad face at the end of the Double <laughs> Soup uh, finale. I've let it go this far, but oh, okay. how that didn't break your heart, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was I was still trying to get a, trying to deal with the fact that they closed the door on Ahsoka and didn't show us what actually yeah, happened. Just don't don't it's, say cop out again. Come on. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll fight about this another time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I just I just I just we're having no virtual fisty cards, <laughs> all right? <laughs> I, I'm I'm drawing my lightsaber now, and, and no. Uh, I, I will say yeah, that no force choking all right um, Dominic <laughs> going to you now what did you make before Chris jumps in again and, and calls you out for no, something uh, else you said uh, <laughs> what did you make of the relationship between Ahsoka and Rex over the course of the Clone Wars and going into Rebels yeah um, I, I just want to say that you know that that the scene in Rebels was was very very well executed um, the, my my issues with it are my issues with it are not the scene itself or the performance or the music or anything in it. It's it's just what happened before that. So uh, just just what happened before that colored my opinion of the rest of the episode. So um, yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> um, uh, uh, right, Ahsoka and Rex. Yeah, I, I really liked the um, the classmates description that you had there, Chris. I think that that's kind of a an interesting way of looking at it because they are, they are, you're right. They are similar ages, even though Rex looks a lot older. He, they, and they, they do kind of have this, this bond, this friendship. And again, we, we don't really get those moments between the two of them until we get to rebels. And, and I, you know, there are little things like you mentioned in the Ahsoka arc and, and that sort of stuff, but there isn't, we, again, we don't get those big moments the same way we do between Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, but, but again, these two have both had a huge impact on each other in, in the subtle ways of just fighting this war together and, and going on so many missions together and being in so many battles together. And, and what I like about the classmates thing is that, you know, they are both um, subservient to Anakin. Anakin is the commander. He's the master. He's the one who's in charge. And, uh, and so when, so when, you know, he has one of his crazy schemes that only he can pull off, um, they're the two that kind of look at each other and go, oh, here we go again. Like, oh, look, the teacher's doing this again. The teacher's getting crazy and they want to do a quiz tomorrow. You know, it's like they, they have this uh, this shared experience of having to uh, to work with Anakin Skywalker on a daily basis. And, and I think that that's also very important in, in their relationship. And, you know, we see that that forms a very, very strong bond. And, and one of my favorite moments from season two of Rebels is when, uh, they are reunited at the end of the second ep- episode, at the end of uh, Relics of the Old Republic, and they and they there is this hug that they they, they hug each other, and it's it's complete in a way it's complete fan service, like you know that the fans want to see Rex and Ahsoka back together, and and we wanna we want that reassurance that the that it was uh, that these missions that they went on was as, as important to the characters as 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 it was to us, but by that same token, those missions that they went on was as important to the characters as they were to us, and so I, I think that that moment was really um you know it brought a tear to your eye for for the right for like a good reasons it was heartwarming and it was so great to see those characters back together and it was so uh so nice to see that that um that they were important uh to each other and and it it does reaffirm the fact that they, they had a really strong bond and rex's cameo at the beginning of uh, Twilight of the Apprentice, the season two finale of Rebels, uh, where they they basically they they 
call back to the Clone Wars movie when when these two characters first met. And I think the fact that these two characters were given that scene that, you know, Rex is is the only um, is really I mean, he's one of the few characters uh, outside of, you know, he's one of the few good guys in that episode outside of Kanan, Ahsoka and Ezra. You know, he's he's the only other member of like the the rebel alliance that gets to say anything in that episode and and i think the fact that he had that that they gave that rex that moment with ahsoka was so uh telling and 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 important uh and it shows how how significant their relationship was to each other that uh that that he would give her this you know he would offer to help and he, he would you know he would be one of the last people she would ever speak to maybe I don't know. She, she's alive. She, they'll, they'll see each other again. <laughs> well, will they? You don't know that. You know, yes, that's you true. Do not know that. I don't know that. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Unless you're actually writing a novel about it, then you do know about it. Ah, <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sad, sadly, E.K. E. Johnston is not a pen name for Dominic Jones. <laughs> sadly. Oh, well. I'm not that's writing shame, the book. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, it wouldn't be at liberty to tell us. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, we're getting re- we're moving on a strange tangent there. Um, the final question I have, and as I said, open the floor to any other questions after. But what about Rex's story now? So we, we've learned about the past. We've learned about how, you know, where Rex started and how he's got to where he is uh, at this point in Rebels. Uh, you know, the experiences of dealing with Slick the clone traitor, Cut the Queen, the clone deserter, General Krell, the clone killer. Can I get a fourth in there? And Fives, the fourth clone that Rex had an experience with. Um, But basically, (laughs) um, what do you think about, what's going to happen to Rex now, do you think? He's going to deal with, even even if we believe, and it's probably true that Ahsoka is alive, he believes that she's dead at least. What does this mean for Rex now? And I'm going to throw this to Chris first. Uh, it means he shows up at the bunker in Return of the Jedi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, you know, well, look, I, I know they made Rex kind of pale in Rebels, but he's still he's still Maori. He still looks like Tamora Morrison, and in reality, uh, he he he's, that, does he's that not guy. He, Nick, Nick Saint is that his legend's name? Something along yeah, those whatever lines. his legend's name is. He's he's not in focus enough to not be Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love that because um, I remember I posted it up uh, on, on Facebook shortly after celebration. I, I'm not saying I was the first, but I know I was on that quickly. So I was thrilled to see Dave Filoni go. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that's him. I believe that's him. <laughs> and it it makes sense that Rex would go. Ooh, there's some nice looking armor. Let's try that on. Yeah, because <laughs> you do see that character later on, half dressed as a scout trooper. Yeah, yeah it, it all fits. It all fits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm hopeful that we are going to see some some fallout with with Rex as a result of, of this. Uh, I do also hope that he sticks around and we do get Rex for a good few years. Whether or not he ends up in Return of the Jedi is irrelevant, but he is this he, he's this tie back to the Clone Wars that doesn't necessarily have the weight of having a character like Ahsoka. Mm. You know, he can fulfill the role of a mentor and a soldier without you going, okay, if he's about, that means Vader has to come along and get involved in this plot. You know, he can just be another member of the Ghost without stealing the show in the way that we kind of wished Ahsoka 
uh, would have done and didn't really, but probably should have, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Dominic, is there going to be a confrontation between Rex and Vader in Rebels? Are we going to see fallout between Anakin and Rex in your in your mind? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that because I get to say words that I love. I love saying so much. I spoke about this with Dave Filoni at New York Comic Con last year. Oh, I love saying that. Um, and and I, I did. I, I asked <laughs> Filoni, you know, uh, about the possibility of, of Rex, uh, Rex um, having a, a confrontation with Anakin and, and does Rex know about Vader? And, and you know, he gave me kind of a, an interesting um, non-answer that, that it, it essentially amounted to um, that that's probably not something that, that we'll see and, and that Rex will be more what, what you were saying, Chris, that he's going to be a, a character that can, can be a, a military leader, he can be an advisor, he can be kind of a wise... Um, you know he can offer wisdom about about uh fighting a war uh he but without overpowering the show he can be there every couple of episodes and he can he can he can be involved in the action or he can just kind of give a little bit of advice or or present the mission um i do think that there's probably i do think that there's some interesting potential there um otherwise i wouldn't have brought it up to dave uh about um about the possibility of of what would rex how would rex react to knowing that was anakin under there maybe rex already knows i don't think he does but maybe he does maybe that's just something that he's kept to himself uh but you know if if rex found out that it one it was anakin under there and and two he believes that vader killed ahsoka then how would he react to that as well? You know, would he be able to to deal with that? Would he want? Would he even want to confront Anakin about it? He probably wouldn't. Uh, you know, he probably wouldn't survive it, or he certainly wouldn't survive it. Um, and and so I I don't know. It, it, you're right in that you know we, he, he will never. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't have to have any sort of confrontation with Anakin, and he won't take over the show in that way. And I think that's good. I think. Um, I think it's probably. I think the rebels characters do need to stand on their own. Uh, as much as I, I too would have liked Ahsoka to take over the show in season two, I, I, I do think uh, that the rebels characters should stand on their own the way they did in season one. Um, a, 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 but by that same token, I do think that there's potential there if they ever wanted to go down that road of having Rex face off with Vader. Mm. I. I could completely agree with both the sentiments there. I think it's unnecessary to have a final confrontation between Rex and Anakin because actually I want to say, can can we phrase that differently? It's not necessary, not unnecessary because unnecessary makes, makes it sound like it would be a, a bad thing, but it's not necessary. Like we don't have to have, I'm being, I'm being really pedantic right now, but we don't have to have it. But it, 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 it still wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if we did. Yeah, what I would like to see, like, I'm not fussed particularly on seeing Rex versus Vader, mm. but I would love to see what would happen if Rex found out who Vader was. Mm. Yeah. You know, a separate moment, just Rex's reaction to, to the news, and what, as opposed to him actually facing Vader. Mm-hmm. Well, also, the issue I'm going to find a little bit with this is that it's not going to really be like a contest if there's a sort of Vader-Rex confrontation, I mean, what Rex is going to last for two seconds as Vader cuts off his, you know, <laughs> his, his gun is cut up in half and then he stabs him. I mean, the only thing we want to see, I guess, in terms of fallout is a conversation. Mm-hmm. But it depends from Darth Vader's perspective as he grows up how much of an impact Rex has had on Vader. 
Vader's probably had more of an impact on Rex and vice versa. I think we can, as we've really talked about throughout this whole show. I don't know if people disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I have no more questions to ask. Um, I, If anybody else has any final questions, then feel free to raise them. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm good. So, do I mean, in terms of final thoughts for this, are we just going to give our final assessment then of, of, of Captain Rex? That's probably a good way to kind of end it all. Yeah. That, um, that, 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 for Captain Rex. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why right. not? Why not? Let's do that. All so right. let's go to Chris first as the guest. Okay, so for final thoughts on Captain Rex, um, I remember in Celebration Anaheim, uh, I was talking to Dominic on the day of the Rebels panel, which none of us were at the Christmas store. We Uh, we all skipped. (laughs) I I remember saying to you that after seeing that trailer, that sort of like all was forgiven, and I had no more of an issue with the end of the Clone Wars because we were going to get more of of this Rex story, uh, and I'm going to just completely take that back (laughs) at this stage. A season of Rebels later. Um, I actually feel like there's more of a hole in the story mm-hmm. than, than I did before. You know, it, it's fantastic that we still have this character and we can see that the experiences and the story we followed through the Clone Wars meant something. It did go somewhere, but we still don't know exactly what that was. And it had a positive um, impact. Would... That's the other thing, too, is it had a positive yeah. impact on the galaxy. Sorry to yeah. cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, you're right. That's actually, it's a good thought. I probably would have breezed strip past. Um, <laughs> but... Overall, I think it was a phenomenal story. It was really well told. There was a lot of subtlety in, in Rex's progression. You know, it didn't necessarily hit us over the head. There were things like at the end of an arc like the Krell arc, we didn't get that downtime afterwards. Uh, things just carried on. And a lot of it was left for us just to assume and, and, and pick apart ourselves. We just never got that payoff. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to give the character of Rex a 10, but the execution of the story an 8. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Over to you, Dominic. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a good point. That like I'm glad that Rex is still a character that we can we can use in Rebels and that they can tell stories with. But there is it does really feel like there's still a a, a big piece of his story missing. And you know what? I I bet Rebels could handle that if they wanted to. I think that could be an interesting way to do it now they may have closed the door on one of the ways they could have done that which was through some kind of rex canaan uh canaan stuff but they've got creative people over there i'm sure they can figure out another way to do it uh but yeah overall just the rex story was was so well executed and it's a it unlike ahsoka you know ahsoka's story was the main thing that was what everybody was looking at everybody was asking dave filoni at celebration what's going to happen to ahsoka does ahsoka die does ahsoka live uh, Rex kind of he, he, he kind of lived under the radar in a way and, and he had this really great story um, that was kind of playing second fiddle to a, to Ahsoka and, and, and so it's, it's great to look back on it and see everything that has happened and how it led to where he is in Rebels now and, and as we've pointed out there's still a big chunk missing right now and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing having you know, we don't need the entire story all at once, but you know that that is. I do think that's an important aspect of his story that needs to be told one day. But I, I do love sort of tra- looking back and tracing his story from 
from where he was in the beginning with with uh, with Anakin and Ahsoka in the movie, but also that experience with Slick through Cut Laquane, through Pong Krell, through Fives and and the Protocol sixty six ordeal to where he winds up now, and and I think it's a really really great story. It's a really interesting one about you know people who were. Uh, you know, b- born, bred, created, however you want to put it, without choice, and how we saw uh, how one of them uh, figured out a way to take control of his life and 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 get that choice that he was deprived of in uh, when he was uh, first born. So it's it's a great story and a, a ten out of ten uh, all around on the Clone Wars, on the Clone Wars uh, for what we got. Uh, you, you know, if, 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 if I say that for what we got in the sense that like there's still more and there would have been more told had uh, had the series continued and and so that's uh i'm still i'm, I'm still i still want to see those <laughs> i still really really want to see those uh but then again i would be open to Re- like i said i'd be open to rebels taking a stab at it so uh on the character just in the clone wars 10 out of 10 on the character and 10 out of 10 on the execution rebels is a whole different animal and that's for another show that i'm sure will start five years from now once that's off the air <laughs> Yeah, it'll give us something to do, won't it, Dominic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In our busy lives. Um, or not so busy lives. But my perspective then on Rex. So, Chris and Dominic, you've talked a lot about in the in-universe Rex. I'm going to talk a little bit more out of universe. You know, the impact of Rex's character and why I'm going to give him a score of 10 out of 10 as well. Um, I mean, first of all, he makes for a great cosplay costume. I mean, I think 501st must be absolutely loving it now that they've got a nice Rex costume because his design is absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think you have to give hats off to, to Dave Filoni and the animation team for uh, you know the way he looks, uh, the, the, the way in which he's voiced by Dee Bradley Baker as well. I think the whole makeup of his character is something that a lot of fans become in tune with. And we talk about how Clone Wars from 2008 to 2013 was really keeping Star Wars alive. And there were certain characters in that series which really cemented that. And Rex was definitely one of them, at least in my mind. Uh, you know, his story continues on. The legacy of that character is you know, is so evident by the fact that he's shown up in Rebels. He's appeared in Rebels, and I remember when he appeared in that season two trailer for Rebels, everyone went crazy. They're like, "What? Well, Captain Rex is back!" You know, I almost got a, a similar reaction to when Ahsoka came back at the end of season one of Star Wars Rebels. So you know, the legacy of Rex continues on. People want to see novels out. They want to see more content released about Rex. So I think the, the, the public interest is there. The fans love Rex. We love Rex. And uh, I think that his story is complex and complicated enough to, to be unique and, and to be so compelling. So 10 out of 10 for Captain Rex. All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of The Clone Wars Strikes Back. This was fun. You know, as whenever you try something new, you always you always hope for the best, but you never know. It could we could have bombed terribly, but I'm I'm glad this I think this went well, and I'm looking forward to doing more of these character discussions, character lookbacks uh, on the series. Uh, and so our next character that we'll be looking back at is Darth Maul, none other than Maul. We're going. It seems like we're going through all the characters that have s- since appeared on Rebels. <laughs> we're start with Rex. Next we've got Maul. Uh, Spoiler alert! We'll do, we'll be doing Ahsoka at some point uh, before we're before we're done. Uh, but yeah, we'll be we, we'll be talking about Maul now. Maul, we 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 talked about this before we started the show. Uh, he's only in like 
six episodes. So the six episodes to watch are, of course, Brothers and Revenge from the end of season four, uh, but also Revival, uh, Eminence, uh, and then the two that come after that. The rest of that Darth Maul arc from season five. I'm really, really bad at episode titles today. Um, so yeah, it's all six episodes that Maul is in. You might also want to revisit the comic book, Son of Dathomir, which we talked about not too uh, not too long ago. And also perhaps worth uh, checking out Witches of the Mist and some of the Night Sisters stuff from season three uh, to get set for a, a fun Darth Maul discussion that we'll be having uh, in about two weeks' time. Uh, so in between shows, don't forget to keep up with us on social media. Just search for The Clone Wars Strikes Back on Facebook. If you want to keep a little Clone Wars in your newsfeed, that is the page to do so. You can follow us on Twitter at TCW Strikes Back. I'm at DominicJ25. Kieran is at CDuggan6. And Chris, how can people keep up with, with what you're doing and with all the awesome stuff that the Irish garrison of the 501st has got going on? Uh, Facebook. Uh, if you Facebook 501st Ireland Garrison, or as I recently turned traitor, you can check out the uh, the Rebel Legion Ireland Facebook page oh. as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm still Imperial through and through, but couldn't avoid the temptation of doing a, a Jedi General costume in nice. honor of the Clone Wars. Um, so we've got Facebook pages there. And then uh, my wife and I run a page called Irish Chris Star Wars Stuff, and sometimes we post. <laughs> Yeah, you got you guys have got some good some good stuff, some cool pictures. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you've got some pictures of, of your wife uh, dressed as a Jedi fighting uh, a, a First Order stormtrooper who's got one of those riot batons. That's pretty cool. We've got some pictures of you in your Jedi costume, your chopper. Uh, you got your chopper yeah, droid yep. and stuff. It's it's a good it's good good stuff. So check that out. Uh, and that yeah that'll do it. We'll be back in about uh, two weeks time, hopefully, to talk about Darth Maul. Um, Oh, right. Kieran, Expression FM, what's going on with that? Uh, not much, to be honest. <laughs> Nothing. There's, there's not too much to say because we're still offline, but we officially go back online next week, and I have applied for a show, and nice. I'd like to think as being a committee member that I might have some leeway in getting a show, but, you know, if I don't, then I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. Um, I'll just I'll just send really angry emails on a daily basis. <laughs> no, yeah. I won't really. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the ways you can listen to Expression FM remain the same. You can listen to us on our website, which is www.expression.fm. You can keep updated with what's going on with Expression FM on Facebook and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Expression FM, and our Facebook page, which you can like, is the the HTTP is www.facebook.com/expressionfm. That's the way to keep in touch. But over to you, Dominic. With yeah. the SWU and everything that's going on there. Well, yeah. Well, actually, before we do that, we should mention our other podcast. Uh, podcast, the Watchers of Westeros is back. If you want to, if oh, you yeah, want to, forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you want to, if you want to um, talk some Game of Thrones season six uh, premieres this Sunday coming up, and we'll have episodes out uh, discussing each and every episode of season six. And we've got our season six preview out already. So just search for the watchers of Westeros on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and of course, star Wars Underworld podcast recorded live uh, each and every Thursday at 9 PM Eastern on channel 1138.com. And then released the following Friday on iTunes, just search for the star Wars underworld. Uh, of course, we're still reacting to that, uh, 
Rogue One trailer, and we've got lots of other fun things in store in the coming weeks. So be sure to check that out uh, and head over to iTunes and subscribe. That's the best way to keep up with all of the shows we've got going on over there. That's three shows. That's main Star Wars Underworld. That's the Clone Wars Strikes Back, this show that you're listening to now, and the live from Othal, which is currently on break, but that's our Star Wars Rebels review show. So that's three shows for the price of one, and that price is absolutely free. Well, that'll, like I said, that'll do it for real this time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss Darth Maul. Until then, may the Force be with you. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.